Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to Omarpreneur Live episode number seven. In this podcast episode, inshallah, I will be interviewing Adam Ali, one of my very good friends that I've got to connect with recently. He's an Ashid artist based in the UK, an award-winning Ashid artist. His latest album has a collab with Preacher Moss, who is a well-known comedian. And today I have the honor of interviewing him and having him share not only his journey as an artist, but as well his knowledge when it comes to being an entrepreneur and growing a personal brand. And all of that is going to be revealed today with you and with Adam on this podcast. Assalamualaikum, Adam. Thank you for being here, my man. I really appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm super excited. Alhamdulillah, me too. I'm very, very excited to dive in, inshallah, and to get this going. And the first thing, of course, that I want to ask you, which is how we start every episode of this podcast, is can you just give us a little bit of background about how you even got started as an Ashid artist? A lot of people might have an idea of, you know, how to start a business, but how do you start something like a creative career, something where you want to pursue a passion like that? How did you get started? Well, everything starts with uh, interest in something. If you have an interest in something, right. you've got an idea, uh, you know, an idea is just an idea until you actually go and pursue it, uh, put in the time, put in the effort, and then you make it come, come into reality. So it's very much the same with, with me. Uh, it was always right. an idea. Um, I used to basically be a big music listener back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and I always had the ear for it. Um, I had been singing from a young age anyway, but nothing really serious. And then I just thought to myself, when I uh, tried to go over to Nasheeds, I the only thing that was available at that time was Native Dean and, and amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love yes. them. But I always thought, why isn't there any pop, R&B, anyone who's sort of modern, with a modern style of singing, available. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically joined a contest where there was some very, very well-known names entered that year. Um, and really sort of worked hard for about seven, eight months training. Uh, every single day I'd wake up, sort of, you know, run. How do you train, train for, how do you train for something like that? Like when you're training for a contest where you're actually you know, you're competing with your voice. How do you train for something like that? Do you actually like warm up your voice every morning? Do you yell certain notes? How does that work? Well, so basically the, the, the throat is actually a muscle, just like your body. So when you go to the, to the gym and you basically do reps, uh, if you're bulking up, you know, you do heavier reps. If you're trying to, yeah. you know, get cuts and get in shape, you start doing lighter rep, you know, lighter basically, um, lighter sets and, and more reps. So it's very much the same with, with singing. Your, muscle, your your throat is a muscle, and if you stretch it every single day with repetition and certain uh, exercises, you start to sort of fine-tune the notes that you can hit. So I basically went through uh, singing lessons and um, about seven months every day, and, and the best time to do it is in the morning because your voice is actually a muscle. So when it wakes up, everything, all the muscle actually, muscles go to, you know, they go to sleep, they relax when you sleep. So when you wake up, yeah. it's sort of fresh in the morning. So mm -hmm. when you start to do exercise in the morning, even with your, which is why we go for runs in the morning, right? Same thing with your throat. If you start to really work it in the morning, that's when you start to really improve. And within a two week period, I started to improve like over 40%. Nice. I mean, there, there comes a steeper learning curve until you reach a point where you're improving, but not that much, you know, yeah. um, when you sort of hit that professional limit, but every day that that's what would happen. So I ended up, um, going to the contest and Alhamdulillah, by God's grace, I ended up winning and, and, and getting getting an award with some pretty big names there, which Alhamdulillah, it, it was something, you know, probably the was of my family and my mom. Um, then I decided, that gave me confidence. That was a confidence boost. 
But it didn't come, mind you, it didn't come without its failures. It didn't come without its failures. Um, not many people actually know it's the one who gets back up after falling that ends up realizing his dream. I actually made an album um, before and that failed, completely failed. Okay. In the beginning, I was part of a group. And um, to the point where I forgot lyrics on stage and sat down and, you know, even to the point where the people with my family were telling me, oh, you're cringing, man. Your voice is terrible, man. It, it's <laughs> something that you're not going to be everybody's taste right. in the beginning. But if you believe in yourself and you keep doing something and you've got an image, you've got a, you've got a vision in your mind. And so so long as you're not sort of really off like they see in, in those programs on, on TV where they're really off, but they think of something not self-deceptive. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know better what you can do. So you push for it and strive. So you, you mentioned something interesting, but even before I, I touch upon that, I want to rewind just a little bit, Adam. Okay. What even prompted you to get into Nasheeds? What even, what, what, what was that moment where you realized this is my passion? Because I think a huge thing is a lot of people sometimes have trouble actually figuring that out as even a first step. Like a lot of people think, oh, I want to start a business or maybe I want to start a project in my life, but I can't think of anything that I'm passionate about or I can't, there's nothing that I truly love. Was is there was there some sort of like searching within you, some soul searching that happened, or was it just naturally you grew up and you felt like your voice is something that you wanted to share with the world? Well, everybody works in different ways. They say that some people's thought process works in a way where it goes from down to up. So creative, creative people yeah. work in a way where you got the base, then you build the next layer, then the next layer, then the next layer, and it goes into something. And these are uh, not to say that if anybody thinks the other way, it's still amazing, it still works, but everyone's yeah. got their own way. And then there are some people that think of the end goal and work downwards. So the way I always worked was I was creative. I liked anything creative, not just the sheets, anything, putting things together. So one mm -hmm. day, we remember when PlayStation 2 used to be out? Yeah. So we, we used to have a PlayStation 2, this 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 uh, game called Singalong or something. I don't know what it was, right? <laughs> so I took those mics, I took those mics and I plugged it into... Um, my computer and there was a software called Fruity Loops at that time. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, very familiar with Fruity Loops. I, I've dabbled with it a lot actually, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the thing back in the day, right? So yeah. I kind of just plugged it in and, and as raw as my talent was at that point, I still had a voice, um, but it probably wasn't controlled. So I kind of just started using demos on that to make stuff. And when I shared it in, in the community, people started getting back to me and say, wow, they, they saw the raw talent. And you know, when you're starting off, people always judge, they don't judge you as a professional. They judge you as what they expected of you. So it was sort of like, that's when I sort of hit me like, wow, I could do something yeah. with this. And uh, so you, you kind of started again from a, something like you wouldn't even think about a PlayStation game, but you realized, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying it. And what if I yeah. take the next step? When did you, when did that go from something that seemed interesting to you to actually joining a contest and was there any prep involved? Did you have to get some sort of coach or some, someone to help you? Yeah. Um, well, the point was when um, me and my friend used to go in his house and we build up hype that we are the next big thing in the community and the community, the Muslim community, they are very applauding to anybody who does something good um, with, with good intentions, but it yeah. doesn't always necessarily mean that they support somebody with the best tool set. This is mm. the difference. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that later. Sure. Intentions <laughs> is one thing, and supporting a good cause is one thing, but actually working on sharpening your tool set is another thing. So um, we had an event coming, and um, they kind of invited. They were, we were both supposed to perform. They kind of invited him and didn't invite me. So I felt a little bit like, oh, what's happening? You know, we were supposed to be a group, and 
how to, how I transitioned over to a contest was that he my my partner at that time in 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 as a, as a group he basically didn't you know he wanted to go on to the uh, rap scene and do do a vibe that I'm not I don't touch I can rap don't get me wrong I can rap but it's not the vibe that I wanted to go with what he was rapping about Dunya okay. and I, I didn't want to go down that so um, at that point unlike Unlike singing, and I have a complete appreciation for rap because I, I I rap too. I do I do a lot of things. But yeah. unlike singing, you don't have to really train your your throat, your vocal ability. You don't have to expand that. So after all of this time, I started getting better and better and better. When we made the semi pro album, which I still have today, but I never show it to people. Uh, I've hidden it. Just I've, I've kept it there for sort of to look at the progress over the years. And I thought as my voice was getting better and better and better and recording voice and performing voice is different than just singing on your own. Completely. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. So at that point I thought to myself, why don't I just go for the, for the gold? And you know, I, I've got this far. I've already sort of in a way, uh, the community sort of was looking at me in a way where like this guy, uh, you know, not him again, you know, that sort of way. And I thought, why, why don't I just go and, reach for something and, and step out of my community, out of my comfort zone. And um, yeah, so the prep started with literally me getting, I got coaching, I did everything, I did exercises, I did uh, coaching, I did, uh, vo you know, vocal training. A lot of it was on my own. Some of it was with professionals. Um, every single day, it was a mental state, mind state, just to sort of get myself ready for it psychologically. I actually ended up getting a voluntary show okay and going onto stage and i didn't even last a minute on there i was so nervous i walked off but wow. it, people didn't see that as a success for me but i walked away thinking yeah wow i've succeeded, I've succeeded. Didn't, they never called me back they're like that don't get don't, don't get that guy again he doesn't even <laughs> perform it only just one minute but for me that was such a big i actually left thinking wow i've achieved something i went there for one minute and the reactions within that one minute, one minute was wow you can sing However, you should have stayed longer. And I'm just thinking, I just took that first bit. You can sing. Right. <laughs> you know, and that, that's slowly, slowly, slowly. yeah, I didn't care. You know, if, if you've got your own personal goals, you don't care. I've, I've got my goals. And then slowly, slowly started building up, building up. And then obviously I've, I've performed in front of 25,000, 40,000 in Paris. I've done Boris Johnson's event in England. Now um, invited all over, you know, South Africa, Oslo. Um, I've invited to, 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 the, to the US, but I couldn't come. Um, yeah. So you, you decided to pursue this and you realized, okay, I'm going to need some, to get some sort of coach or someone to help me through this because yeah. you're just getting started. It's something new. It's something that you're not familiar with. You needed some sort of guidance. Do you think that's, do you feel like that's an important and crucial step, whether it's again, pursuing something like a creative career like yourself where, where you're an artist? or even sometimes just starting up something like a new business, do you think having some sort of mentorship or guidance is a, is a key factor in, in success or at least in, in being able to get to where you want to be? Yeah. Um, you know, our beloved Prophet وسلم, he, say, he said, you are basically uh, a good friend is like a perfume. You know, it, you leave with that perfume on and about is like, oh, I know this isn't about good or bad, but what I'm trying to say is yeah, the child of a wolf is a wolf and the child of a lion is a lion. If you go and associate with a certain group that you want to be with, one of the first things you should do, if you want to do something creatively or even to become an, an you know an entrepreneur, you need to go and find the right people to be with. Because 
what they have, it rubs off onto you. I worked with uh, a Channel 4 in England, a Channel 4 uh, producer. She kind of got me uh, learning how to negotiate, how to put myself in positions. I'm working with uh, currently an ex-NFL consultant um, in the U.S. Um, these, these, These people were the right people to sort of give me uh, certain traits that you're supposed to have. So what I would advise is that anything that you do and you're doing, the first thing to do is join. And this is something you can do even in the time of Corona. Right. Join. And I'm not here to promote anybody. I, I, I'm not, not, not going to pay for anything. I'm just telling you, join the groups that you want to and aspire to to be in. So if, if you're, for example, you're, you're, you want to, to get into healthcare, you want to get into to basically um, starting your own business in terms of, of Quran, whatever you want to do. Find groups for that, or if it's, it's video, videography, find groups and associate, associate yourselves with professionals. You know, one big mistake I see in, in aspiring machine artists now uh, is they make their, and this is no knock to any artist. I am a massive fan of Sami Yusuf, a massive fan. My, my all-time favorite uh, uh, artist is Daoud Mosby. But you don't make your... Who you want to listen, who you want to be, become like, start listening to them. I'm mm-hmm. not encouraging music, I'm not doing it. For the sake of learning and sharpening your skills, if what I find often is people, and then this can be with any any business, people listen to Sami Yusuf and they don't go beyond that. They want to be like him. Now, you're never going to be an original. You're not going to be him and tell him to move over. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So what happens is when you start to constantly listen to somebody, you become what they are more or less, 70%, 80%, you really work hard. So what you do is you, if whatever, however you want to be, what I did was I started to listen to people that are vocally, and some of you amazing musician, not the best singer, he's a, he's a good singer, but but I'm talking, um, I'm only talking technically. I'm not talking as a musician, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I would, in, in terms of vocal ability, you've got to be honest with yourself. Be honest, what am I learning and what, what can I take? So not everybody has to be amazing at everything. The thing that makes some Yusuf, some Yusuf, for example, is he's, an, he's a great musician, he's great at putting concepts together, he's great at putting heartfelt music together. He doesn't have to be amazing at everything, he doesn't have to be a Mariah Carey. So what you do is you position yourself, no matter what business you're in and where you want to get, position yourself around people that are already there. Because then you're not going to be comparing yourself with, with sort of wide puffed shoulders to Bob next door, who's done a little bit of editing. You know, you need to be in that right. group, it's so important. And, and you mentioned something interesting, and I, we talked about it during one of our conversations, which is, yeah. but how, and, and I want to like explore that more. How do you balance that? Because we talked about that. We talked about the dangers of maybe following your competition or, or, or getting inspired by others a little bit too much. And I think it's the same thing in business. And we talked about that in previous episodes of, of this podcast, which is if you're too obsessive over over watching what others are doing and and trying to copy that you're never bringing your own original touch and using your own natural strengths and bringing them to the table you know that other person is 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 great at doing what they're doing in their own way but if you try to copy them you're only, as you mentioned you're only going to get there about 70 or 80 percent if you're lucky like that's best case scenario but how do you balance that with okay i don't want to follow my competition i don't want to you know, copy them or anything, but I do want to get to a place where I am, as you mentioned, associating myself with the people I want to be with, or uh, the kind of the community or the groups that I want to be a part of. How do you balance that? I'd say it's a giant balloon that looks amazing, 
um, but it doesn't work like that. People often look at, for example, somebody who's doing really well in your field. Uh, let's just say you're starting out um, and you look at somebody competition-wise and think, oh, you, you know, you, let's just say you're just starting out with hoodies, designing yeah. hoodies, and you're looking at a company in US, I really can't think of, of, of a name in US, but I'm just saying, don't look at what they are doing now, how many views they are doing, because that's all a balloon. It looks great, but it's never the way it is. What you right. have to focus on, and this is something that I made a mistake myself with. I used to look at uh, artists with massive views. And you know, reality hit me. You know, most of those artists, they make money off YouTube. A lot of them don't see that money because to get to that point, you need somebody to manage you. Now right. that needs to be get paid. Some people are making money, don't get me wrong. They're, they're independent uh, record sale artists. Same with, with any businesses. But what I learned, and this is the same concept with any business, is go for the 1,000 fan rule. The 1,000 fan rule is you focusing on yourself, not looking at some other guy who's got a million views, two million views, five million views. No. You need to basically build 1,000 real, what we say fans is what I mean is true support. True. Right. I mean to the point where they will go out, drive a month, drive an hour to, to, be, to see you. You know, for a meeting, for a business meeting, support your product, support what you're doing. They'll drive an hour. If you can build 1,000 of those, and we say uh, in terms of business, 100, you know, they'll invest about 50 pounds to 100 pounds a year on you. They'll do it happily because they believe in you. They're, they're emotionally invested in you. They yeah. believe in your goal. It's not just a sort of you giving me, here's my cash. They are genuinely invested in you. 1,000 of those, and you can run a business very successfully. So if you focus on that 1,000 number, or not, the, not the views, because the views, there are guys in there that aren't true supporters of yours. There aren't fans. The view doesn't mean anything. I know artists who don't have many views, but they make more than guys who are a million views. I know artists like that. People, because they're fan They're more dedicated. They're more... They're de yes. And this is one, another thing I wanted to, to... It's an advice that I can... It's something I can give to, to, to the listeners. My advice, Facebook ads is amazing. You should do it. You should do all of these things. The value of getting to know somebody one by one, like you're listening to me, and yeah. I, I spoke to you, uh, reaching out to people one by one, whether it's Facebook, putting the time in. Don't think less of it just because you only reached out to 10 people in a day and that guy's making a meeting. Because you create what we call super fans, not fans, super fans. You need about seven interactions with somebody to really be invested, right? I if you've that. gone out your way and spoken to somebody one by one, you've now invested in that person one on one. It wasn't, you could have all the talent in the world, right? People don't buy talent just because you're talented. They don't. People, people invest in something that they feel warm to, that they love. They generally feel emotionally invested. They see that you're going to be successful and they want to be part of your journey rather than just part of a bit of dollars from you, you know? So 100%, this one, 100%. Yeah, so this one-on-one -on -one thing that you're doing or I'm doing or, you know, Sheila's doing or Bob's doing, whoever's doing this, What's going to happen is one year consistency, 10 people a day add, one-on-one, -on -one, message them. Try and avoid spamming, of course, but anybody that sort of responds, find a way, and, and that's not, you know, that's not difficult. What you do is you end up with people that care about you. You care about them. You're giving something, not just taking something. And then this, the value of that is so underrated. Of course. Uh, you know, even me, 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 me and yourself, for example, we, you know, Inshallah, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be you know close. I'm sure even after this this program, um, it's been an honor to sort of get to know you and then yeah, of course the value of 
yeah, the value of getting to know you wasn't through some, you know, digital sort of made thing that was on automate, automate. It was something that we got to know each other as a human, you know, you know, the value. So, yeah, yes. So don't I underestimate the importance of that for any business. For sure. And honestly, I love, love, love this concept because a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people, artists, creative um, people, no matter who you are, they get caught up in the the glamour of the number of views, the number of subscribers, exactly, the number of the exactly. audience, right? It's, 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 and, it, and I understand it's tempting because we kind of equate that to success. Naturally, we think, oh, that yeah. person has a million, has a million, and this person has, a there's two things that, there's a few things I mentioned and a few things I'll add. A lot of people buy these views and these subscribers too because they yeah. want to give kind of that illusion of fame or that illusion of success. Uh, but then you kind of dig behind it and you realize there's not much there. Um, so yeah. a lot of times it's fake or, or as you mentioned, they can have a million views, but it's people who kind of casually are scrolling by. There's a clickbait title that, or something that's interesting it, that's it. and they click it, but then that's, that's where it ends. And that's the difference between, you know, having just views or having raving fans or super fans, as you mentioned. And, that I feel is what I'm also really focusing on through this group of Omopreneur and, and I'm sure all the members that are watching live right now uh, can attest to this, which is even though we're a small group, it's a very special group. And we come live on this podcast every week and, you know, guests like yourself come, they share their knowledge, they, they share their expertise and there's a sort of community feel to it. There's an, there's an aspect to it. And I know there's a lot of raving fans. So that for me is that matters so much more than being like, okay, let's just, kind of put something out there and focus on the views. No, let's, how can we give more value to the people that are already within this group that are already, you know, supporting us and, uh, and, and backing us. And I think that's something that you should look at in every business, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur, yeah, yeah. business person, a fitness trainer, don't get caught up in, you know, let me get no. a million people into my group and a million fans. No, instead, even if you have 30 people in your Facebook group or you have 50 people that follow you on your Facebook page, give them great content, give them something that, where they can actually benefit, they get value. Consequently, they'll share and they'll spread the word and they'll grow your brand for you guys. Right. I right. promise you, like the people that will grow your brand are your fans, the, the ones that love you, that support what you do. So make sure even if you have a small amount, if that small amount is dedicated, if they value what you do, if, you, if you're constantly working to benefit them, to help them, to connect with them one-on-one, -on -one, then that is worth so much more than having a million. So I think the it concept is. of your first 1,000 yeah. is, is huge. I would, I would prefer to have a thousand brothers and sisters who believe in what I do and are emotionally invested and I care about them and they care about me yeah. and to have a million people who just like my stuff and sort of, yeah, maybe, maybe not. And just go, I'd rather have a group and circle, you know, the other aspect I didn't sort of mention was before the psychological aspect. When you actually look at views yeah. uh, and you get into that cloud, which, which a mistake that I, I made earlier on um, was that when you look at people, it actually takes you off your game. You start to feel worth nothing. You start mm -hmm. to feel that you haven't achieved. And the reason is because you're looking at someone else's story without knowing any of the logistics behind those views. You don't know, you know, nothing. So when you when you go out and, and it's so important to have a mindset, mental mindset, strong and focused. When they say focus, it means focus on your path. Don't be looking at other people's paths. Because every day you know what was progress. If you took 10 steps and you think, wow, I made something really well today. I actually, I might go away thinking, thinking today, wow, you know, I really got, I really made a friend in, 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 in this show today. That's a, a step forward. I can actually build something. Or you could go away thinking, oh, but the next man, he, he's got a million of those. 
it's, it's never the way it seems. You are making progress and psychologically it's deflating to think, um, oh man, looking at him, looking at him. Look at yourself, your own goal, your own path. If you genuinely do that, I promise your your progress, it's, it's so much faster. You, you shoot yeah. off. You really do. And and you right now, you're in a position, Adam, where you're growing. A lot of people think as an artist, there's it's a diff, it's there's a special it's a special situation. There's um, a special way of going about it. If you're creative, if you want to grow something like um, your graphic design, or uh, maybe you're great at writing poetry, or um, at, just like Adam, you you have a beautiful voice that you want to share with the world. A lot of people think that's a special case scenario. It's hard to do and it's complicated, and no one knows how to do it, but. Would you say that it's similar to growing a business brand or a personal brand? Is there similarities there? And, and what are those similarities exactly? I mean, aside from the intentions that you have for Allah, for everything that we do anyway, uh, and then rectifying them, it's the same as it's no different. Whether, you know, the thousand, the thousand fan rule that I follow is exactly the same with singing, the same with graphic design, the same with videographer, the same with um, the medical sort of side, the digital marketing, that there's no different. It's all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, uh, we, we, were, we were speaking before and I was telling you that singing isn't the only thing that I do. I'm actually a creative content producer. Um, yeah. Same concept, same thing, same everything. I don't even, I haven't even advertised my creative content, but I'm, you know, when, when I told you I'm working for, for the NFL uh, consultant, I've actually worked for, um, a, a new project with which which will in, include some big names um perhaps you know i think i don't know if the involvement of omar regan and then preacher mass and in, in something yeah. called the virtual e virtual e 2020 and that was due to to the to coronavirus where where everything shut down on you which i'm sure we're going to come back to in a moment yeah. but i kind of uh i've got my it's exactly the same concept for for anything you're doing with this videography whether it's singing it's exactly the same there's no different. You put yourself in a position where you're giving something to take something. Mm-hmm. Give something of real value to people. I'm What I'm doing is I'm actually promoting my mixtape at the minute. I'm giving that completely for free. The yeah. reason is I want people to know who I am, know what I'm about, give something instead of just taking it. And what that does is it narrows down people to my website who care. If they care about me as an individual, that automatically sort of narrows the funnel what well, we have a funneling process in, in in marketing and it gives me the people to, to aim for, you know, sort of target who are already interested in my things. It doesn't mean yeah. you, you, you rag them dry. It doesn't mean that, but it means you give something, you give a lot and then you take, you don't just take, take, take in this mentality that we have for anything. We stop. It needs to stop basically. I know we don't have it here, but yeah, it's something that's ripe, unfortunately in our communities. Hundred percent, and there's a, a concept. I mean, what you mentioned is is I completely agree with. And by the way, just quick shout out, guys. Adam did just release his latest mixtape, and inshallah, we'll drop a link to it in the comments for you to download. So make sure you do that after the episode. Check in the comments for the link and in the description. But to get back to what we're talking about, uh, Adam, there's a concept by Gary V. I'm not a huge fan of Gary V. I think um, he's a bit too much, and uh, what he talks about is pretty surface level. There's nothing. There's he doesn't really dive deep into concepts, but one one thing that I will agree with him on is his concept of uh, jab, 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 right hook. And that concept, which I think is even one of his book titles, means you want to give, give, give before you ask, right? And That's it's, right. That's right. I completely agree with that. And don't be afraid to give in your business. A lot of people think, oh, I'm worried, you know, am I undervaluing myself if I give away this or if I give that or if I give too much information? But whoever 
is gets benefits from what you're giving will for sure be more likely to then purchase something you're offering 100 percent right. uh compared to you know someone that's never gotten anything from you for them to be able to invest in you is it's a lot harder it's a more of a hard sell as they say that's then if someone you know, people, call value people like nice people like people remember you as the guy who cared or the the girl who cared, the person who cared, rather than just, oh, business, put it out there. People actually, honestly, people invest or invest in a brand or a person based on based on basically what they get, the vibes they get from you. And that's yeah. honestly half of it. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's so important because a lot of times people think, you know, I might be interview, undervaluing myself. I might be, you know, cutting myself short. But uh, it's it's really not the case, guys. It's so important, as we just talked about, to build those first 1,000 fans. And the way you do that is by giving, is by building a relationship where you're providing value and you're not asking for anything in return until you can get to a point where, inshallah, then it's like you just ask, you just put something out there and they're already waiting to buy with cash in hand because they just they love you, they love what you do, yeah. and they support what you do. Um, now, Adam, I want to touch upon uh, the next subject, which is... In terms of the pandemic and in terms of Corona and everything that's happening right now, is this yeah. a better opportunity for doing something like you're doing, which is, you know, putting content out there and, and, and creating more fans online? Or does it create a sort of obstacle for you? How was that experience for you? And is there any benefit to it? Is there any strategies that we can implement to help us kind of circumvent the situation better? Yeah, I think it's a blessing from Allah. Everything, you know, I, I, I'm not talking about the losses and I'm not talking about the difficult yeah. times and, and, and upon us all, we've lost family members. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about in terms of Allah, there is a hikmah in everything, yeah. in everything that happens, whether it's a loss or whether all good comes from Allah, obviously evil comes from our, ourselves. But that being said, I say that um, counting, accounting for the losses, accounting for everything, um, it's a good space to be in for the entrepreneurs right now. The reason yeah. is because... Well, I'll give you my own example. I was an engineer on a very good pay, basically, only up until two months ago. Right? I had put my album out, and because of my mother's illness, I had to kind of step back. She was, she got to a point of, 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 of really sort of mentally not being well. So um, I had always wanted to kind of do this, always wanted to do it, but because of my circumstances, I had not done them. With the, with, the, with the panic, everything hit. I, I was one of those that lost my job, basically. Instead of sitting down and, and sitting unemployed and crying about it, I realized that it, basically one of my um, working with one of the, 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 the artists that I'm working with now uh, from, from you as a good friend of mine, Preacher Mas, sort of, we started, I already, already had thought what I'm going to do. I basically got back off and decided, right, it's not the end of everything. There is a hikmat in everything. I was going to do this anyway. So why not now? Now is the amazing time to put all your chips on the table and go out. So what I did was I basically started working from home. I didn't let the climate and everything around me with no events, no shows, no work. It's, it's an eye-opener for all of us. What, yeah. are you, what are we going to do next time if something happens like this and, 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 and the business is closed? Whether yeah. you're a medical, a, a, a medical profession, a professional whether you're a lawyer, whether you're listening and, and you're, you're aspiring videographer, what are you going to do if, if basically everything stands on still? And that's what I want to figure it out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So what I've done is 
Alhamdulillah, by God's grace, I kind of started to, and this is where creative flow and being with the right people sort of influence the way you think. That's the first thing. Yeah. Being with that group of people. I kind of fit myself in. I'm not just a singer. I'm a video, videographer. I'm a creative content producer. So I kind of started to look at, okay, everything's on stop. But at the same time, the competitors are also stopped right now. Everybody's on a freeze. It's true. Yeah. There are no events going on. That's very true. Me and um, my friend, we started working on something called the virtual E. And this is where the creative spin comes, where you can fit yourself, whether you're a medical profession, whatever you are, it doesn't have to be single. You can fit yourself in. So instead of doing an event for Eid, because Eid was isolated this year, we came up with virtual Eid 2020. Same concept, same everything. It was my friend who came up with the concept and I sort of helped him sort okay. of bring it together. We didn't start, but we brought something into the virtual side of things. You use what you have, but get into spaces that you couldn't get in before. That's what I'd say in terms of videography, in terms of anything that you're doing, find a way to sort of, Wean yourself into other places. Here's an example. I'll give you another example. Yeah, please do. It's something that I it's, it's something that I do. Sorry, excuse me. Post going off. And or is what I do is and, and and it goes back to what we were discussing before. If you're doing the Quran, let's just say you're you're, you're opening up a platform for the Quran. It's something that you know one of the interviews that I had this morning. Uh, not interviews. It was a meeting that I had this morning. If you're opening up for Quran, start putting something out there for people to sort of value and take away. It goes to that again. Start talking about how to raise children. How yeah. many people are going to be drawn into that? What you're cleverly doing is you're picking something that's not directly to do with your Quran business that you wanted for teachers and you know whatever you wanted. What you're doing is you're, you're positioning yourself up for giving something that every, most people have children. Some people don't, some people do. But everybody is a child of someone else, one way or another, so everybody can relate to some degree. So you kind of give something and then it kind of, you, you set up a post and set up seven or eight different revenue sort of, well, not revenue, traffic streams. So it doesn't matter whether you're a medical professional, you could go out and be talking on the camera about health in general, healthy mm -hmm. foods. Yes. You could talk about, if you're lawyers, talk about, you could be talking about the effects of spouse visas in the time of Corona. Mm -hmm. You could position yourself, even though it's got nothing to do with what you're doing, but it's still linked. People are going to start to familiarize themselves with you, your brand, who you are, get invested, and then it's going to start bringing the traffic streams back. And one thing I wanted to sort of give away to the audience is the power of creativity is something that just can't be stopped even by Corona. It can't be stopped. Every other job can be, and it don't, this is not to insult anybody, but the power of creativity in what you do, that is the way forward. You could wean the creativity into what you do, whether you're a medical medical professional, a lawyer, in whatever you're doing, you can find ways to fit with us. I've actually worked uh, with, and I'm a, I'm a videographer and a, and a content creator, and I work with artists. I actually worked in this month with a duct company. Now, what does a duct company got to do with me, right? That's what you'd think. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? The, the ventilators that... Um, yeah, like, in, for like air conditions and things like that. Yes, but the, but the point was... I'm a creative content producer. So I positioned myself in a way where I re repackaged and rebranded myself in a way. I'll give you another example. If you're a videographer out there and you're doing, you're working on upwork.com, let's just say, you're going to do editing anyway, right? That's what you do. Rebrand yourself in a way where you might write, I am a YouTube, spe in a specific niche, I'm a YouTube specific editor 
And right there, you've put yourself in a niche that wasn't before. You're still mm-hmm. doing something different, but you've niched yourself. So very cleverly, you can place your product that you got. You might have the greatest idea in the world, but if you don't have creativity to be able to position yourself, you're going to miss out on a lot of chances and a lot of, of things. And that's something that I wanted to give away with, to people now. In yeah. sight of the corona, everything's happened. Sort of look into, and if you don't know how to do it, associate yourself with creative individuals. The power yeah. of creativity is so underrated. You know, my, I have friends who, who are comedians out there, you know, I have friends, you know, they, you know, the, I was telling you, Dave Chappelle's mom's heard my album. I mean, what was the link? How'd you get there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the point is that you wean yourself in a way where you, you can kind of reach out to bigger audiences. And that's something that I really wanted to sort of address and, and, and give to the audience. And you mentioned something interesting, which is the power of creativity, right? And I think it's so key yeah. when it comes to knowing how to position yourself for success in situations like this where it's an unexpected uh, situation. I mean, no one expected this to happen, but it happened. I think creativity is where you, what you should tap into right now to be able to really figure out what's my next plan or what's my, what's my next move? What's the next step that I should take in my business uh, or in my professional life? And also, I really love what you mentioned, which is no matter what you do, you can always find a way to either niche down or pivot, but within the same industry or sphere of what you're already doing. And, and we talk about niche a lot of times in our program, Omapreneur, and we talk a lot about it in general, which is it's so key because when you position yourself as delivering a specific service, like the example you mentioned for YouTube, then YouTubers will come to you and will know, okay, that's my guy because he specializes in what I'm doing, right? And that just makes you more valuable, allows you to charge higher prices and allows you to sell a lot easier too, right? Like walking up to someone, for example, even our digital marketing agency in what I work and what I do, I work with healthcare professionals uh, specifically. So I don't work with anyone else, but when a healthcare professional is looking for marketing and I give him a pitch, he's a lot more likely to work with me, even though I charge more than to work with just a general marketing agency that works with all businesses, because he knows that we specify this is I work with your industry only, and I'm an expert in that industry and that's it. So I think the concept of niche is is super important. It's important. But on the flip side, I wanted to actually present something and tell me what you think. Go for it. And I know, I know my name, we performed together. Uh, He's a brilliant brother and and, and I know him personally. So, you know, when I say this to you, can you imagine if my name, decided to put a singing tutorial CD out. Can you I, imagine? I think that would be, that video. would make, yeah, that would make sense because a lot of people, like he already has a following. I think that would make, he's already established himself as an expert. I think the natural step is to give back and start helping others hundred percent. But but even, even from an, uh, uh, even from an entrepreneurial side, if yeah. he did that, he's already in the singing space, but wouldn't he be then opening himself to coaching? To, to, to whole, you could put a CD out, how many people buy it? And this is the difference between a creative individual, and Masha, like, and is amazing, you know, he's, he's under contract, under contract, obviously, with his company, but I'm just saying, yeah. this is the thing with creativity. You could set yourself up in spaces, he probably doesn't need to do it, I'm just saying, he doesn't need to do it, but you could set yourself in spaces where you could open up new forms of, of revenue, spaces, and give in different spaces back as well. And this is what I was trying to, that's the reason why I kind of pitched that to yourself, just yeah. to let, you know, get your thinking up. This is, this is what we need to be thinking about for our own selves. Of course. And the natural, I, I think the natural progression in any entrepreneur's journey at some point is going to be 
to help mentor others do what they're doing once they reach a certain level of success, right? Yeah. And of course, there has yeah, to be some yeah, sort of yeah. success. Yeah, but there has to be some sort of success there too. I mean, if you're just starting off and you still haven't even uh, reached the level of success that you're looking for, I think you should focus on doing that first before you yeah, start yeah. Thinking, before you start taking students. But once you get to a point where you're like, okay, I've established myself. This is where I want it to be. Now it's time to help others do the same. And I think it's it, that's really what is going to bring you the most fulfillment uh, as well later on once you've hit those goals, inshallah. As well, one thing don't, you mentioned... Don't be, I'd say on, the, on that note, sorry. Yeah, on no, go note, for it. Don't be, a, don't be afraid to give in the beginning just to get yourself up. Don't be afraid to... Of course. So in the beginning, when, when nobody knows your talent and only you know it, you don't be afraid to reach out to people and say, hey, I'll do this for you. Lower cost, free if you can. Lower cost if you can. But don't be afraid to do that to put yourself in a position for next time. Of course, 100%. And it, again, we talked about that earlier in the episode. It builds that relationship. It builds that relationship with your audience where they're like, wow, this is really valuable. This is, I really like what you're putting out. And then they're much more likely to buy again. Again, why do people go to stores like, um, it might seem uh, like a no-brainer, but why do people go to stores like Walmart and, and, and Walgreens or Target or whatever store you guys have? Um, they go, they buy once, then they go and they buy again. Why? Because they know, okay, that's what they offer. I've already tried their product. They have good prices. They offer good value. So that's just the place that I'm going to go when I need something else. And it's kind of the same thing in business on a smaller scale, right? If they've made a yeah. purchase with you or if they've had some sort of transaction and they've actually benefited from that transaction, whether it's through it being a, a good deal or a good value, price doesn't always have to be. It can be, listen, just over deliver. Even though you're charging a high price, make sure that what you're giving is worth even more than the price that you're charging, right? A lot of people are scared of charging high ticket or high prices for their products, their services, what they offer. But it's usually not about the price. If you have an objection, it's because that person that you're trying to sell to doesn't see the value in what you're offering. They don't see the value in charging that price. So the key is how do you communicate value? How do you make sure your audience understands the value of what you offer is to give give a few things for free and, and really give value. And it doesn't have to be in product services. It could even be in content, as you mentioned, Adam. So get on lives. Talk about, if you're a healthcare professional, talk about your, uh, give health and fitness content tips. Content is everything. Content, content is everything. Is everything in, in these days. Everything. And even right now with the COVID, it's like everyone is online. Everyone is spending more time on their phones, on Facebook, on social media. So it's such a great opportunity to be able to grow a brand. And one thing you mentioned as well, which is super key, the competition right now, it's like everyone's at the same level. So let's go. Who's going to win? It's the person that gives more value, that really yeah. builds raving fans. So a, real, a lot of interesting points that we brought up. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to ask you, do you have anything that you can give to the audience in terms of growing a fan base? Again, you're an artist um, and, and you're trying to share your voice with the world. You're trying to put out uh, these songs that will bring joy to others uh, and bring them pleasure. How do you grow your fan base as a personal brand, as Adam Ali, the Nasheed artist? How did you go about it? Did you have any tips for the listeners? Yeah. So in, in, in answer to that question, because uh, we, yeah. we already covered um, a, lot of, a lot of things in terms of creativity. We covered uh, a lot of things. One thing we actually missed and it actually falls into the answer was uh, what to get, how to give and how to grow is discipline. What I can give is is the, the, the information and the power of this power of this and informing you on the power of discipline and refining your skills. This is the one thing that we cannot forget because without discipline and 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 sort of you know being good at what you do and sharpening your tools, that's the core. That's your bread and butter. Yeah. And um, about that, we you know we were discussing the other day, and I was telling you in terms of, of Michael Jordan, what he would do is he'd 
he'll do practice with the whole team. And they'll do two hours, three hours, whatever it was. When everybody would leave the court, you know, that's when, that's, that's basic. Michael Jordan would then envision scenarios where somebody's in front of him, envision scenarios where somebody's sort of on, the, on, on, on right base, somebody's left. He'd envision scenarios of what he's going to do when you repeat, repeat, repeat. Just like muscle memory, repeating, repeating, repeating. So later on down the line, he became one of the only ones that could pull a counter off a counter. Same yeah. with uh, Mike Tyson. I'm a big boxing fan. Mike Tyson, when he was in the detention center, before he even, when he got into the, you know, before he got, even got into the gym, um, somebody called Kusumoto picked him up and took him home, raised him himself. He, he mentally broke him down one by one, broke him down to rebuild him up into the beast. He had to make his mindset strong. When I mean by mindset, it means the mindset of discipline, the mindset of what he's going to be, believe you're going to be something. Allah Ta'ala tells us that he is the way we think of him. If you think he's forgiving, he's forgiving. If you think he's merciful, he's merciful. If you think That's he's right. not going to forgive, he's not going to forgive. So right. that being said, the very law and order of the universe, you have to think positive. Obviously, God is the giver of everything. But we put him in, in everything. My glasses, they broke him down mentally. Every day for one year, I believe, of, I don't know for what period, he didn't actually let him even hit a bag. Every day, it'd get him to sit down and watch lightweights fighting. And lightweights are not like heavyweights. They're a lot faster. When your mind watches, his mind processed and became mentally so versatile that he actually ended up starting to move rapidly like lightweights. Just by watching the power of just sort of the mental edge. Then moving forward, he started training him every single day, telling him, you're going to be great. You're going to be amazing. Brackets, God willing. You know, we obviously say that. You're going to be amazing. You're going to be something. You're going to be this like nobody that basically matches your veracity. So what happens before he even touched the bag and even went in, he broke him down and built him up in a way where he already had that discipline that he's going to work harder than everybody else. He's going to refine his skills. He, the mindset is so important. You know, Imam Ghazali says in his book, uh, he yeah. talks about when you want to leave something, leave something or gain something. Look at its benefits and look at its harms. Then look at logic in between. And that's what Imam Ghazali, he, he, he approached anything that he did in that manner, where uh, when he touches the whole topic about, about music. And I don't get into right wrong, I'm just generally talking. Yeah. Look into why you're doing what you're doing. Look into the negatives. There can never be a negative for, for, for creativity, right? They can't. If you've got God in, you know, in your mind and, and the intention is to provide for your family and, and even that's a, a form of ibadah, you can't go wrong with that. But the, the amazing thing of tying that in with what you're doing is you know there's a higher power behind you. Then yeah. match that with discipline. Then match that with already having a strong mental state. So what I what I wanted to give away is the power of discipline is so important. You Somebody said, I think it was Kobe Bryant, before they passed away, or somebody said it, that um, if you go out for a morning run, and I go for runs myself, it's the time for creativity, time for thinking, ideas, what you're going to achieve. You're already 70% ahead of all competitors. 70%, that's massive. 70% you've overtook them. You did yeah. something that they couldn't do for a mental edge. So don't ever consider, like, what's running got to do with my law firm? What's running got to do with my medical profession? Well, it has. It's a mental aspect. What's Mike Tyson talking about for one year, not touching a bag got to do with him becoming a champion? Well, it did. It did. It's so important. It can't be overlooked. You can't, you, know, you get some of those boxers out there. I don't know if you know Carl Frotch. There was a fight of his, um, okay. 
he's, he's basically from the city that I'm in, Nottingham, and he's quite international. He fought a, 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 a boxer called Andre Ward and lost, right? Okay. But um, he was so the, the one thing that he had, he was nothing great, not strong, not fast, didn't have incredible power. But the one thing he had was a steel iron wheel. He just wouldn't lose. He tried to sort of outspeed the speed the speedsters. He tried to outmuscle the the, the, the the powerful ones. And it was that mental state where he just wouldn't lose. The guys eventually just gave up <laughs> in the fight. And this is what I mean. The mental edge is so important. That, that the ability to can keep going and keep fighting despite no matter how much pain or struggle or failure you face, I think is what will always differentiate a winner from someone that gives up or, or I won't, I don't want to say loser. Cause I feel like that's a bit of a harsh word, but at least someone okay, that actually yeah. makes it to the end, you know what I mean? And yes. you brought up something interesting as well, because I asked you a question about how'd you grow your fan base. And then you told me, you talked about mindset and you talked about discipline. And I think that's really what it is. A lot of people want to hear the tactics. They want to hear the strategy behind it, but it's not strategy. It's not tactics that will get you to that next level. It's you as a person who you are are you disciplined are you building the right habits is your mindset in the right place are you marching forward despite whatever failure or struggle that you face yeah. and i think that is the differentiator between success and failure between growing an audience and just you know not being able to do that and how you can you grow if you don't fail you know how exactly. can you genuinely if you haven't failed you're not going to be successful you have to fail in some form you have, you to, have, you have to. to know the you have to know what it feels like to not bring in an income. You have to know what it feels like to have gone less, how to handle it, how to bounce back, how to rebound. And you learn about yourself in these difficulties. And that's the thing. I, I, I've i failed countless of times before I actually get into this position. Countless times. So it, it's something that makes you stronger and into, into what you're going to be. I completely agree. And also, there's really no way that you can't fail if you're constantly trying to get to the next level because you're going to be trying new things. And with trying anything new, the, the failure is part of it. So if you haven't failed in a long time, you might want to look at yourself and what you're doing and, and what kind of things you're trying to do because you're probably not trying to get out of your comfort zone enough. I mean, there has to be more failure in your life if there isn't enough because failure is part of that journey of trying new things and trying to reach higher goals and not being able to make it, but learning lessons along the way and then adjusting your strategies. And that, I think, is what differentiates, again, the Michael Jordans, the Mike Tysons from the boxers that we've never heard about, is their ability to just yeah. keep going and, and that drive and discipline to put in more training, to put in more work, to be able to win. And I, and I thank you, know, you for you that, ha- I think it's important. Failed, if you haven't failed, I would say, uh, the higher you go, the harder the fall. All I would say to the people that haven't failed is, hey, mashallah, you know? We are lucky yeah. and successful. But the second thing I'd say to you is that when and if you do, and it happens in life, it's part of life, you know, just be ready in terms of knowing that the higher you are, the harder it's going to drop and yeah. back up and go straight, go straight out of everything. That's how you keep going and keep moving forward, you know, and, and take into consideration everything we spoke about, the creativity, getting yourself in the right positions, one-to-one value of one-to-one super fans we talked about. All of this, it will come together. Inshallah, it's success for the making and success belongs to you know it's in god time alone but that's 100%. the recipe for, for for basically getting out getting out there i completely agree and i want to ask you uh we have two or three questions that we usually like to dive into before we get to q a so shall we'll be diving to audience q a very shortly uh which is the questions that have been coming in through the episode but before we do there's about two or three questions that i like to ask to every single guest and i'll ask them to you right now adam uh the first one is Number one, what's the biggest challenge you had to overcome in your business? What's 
really the biggest hurdle or the biggest struggle and how did you overcome that challenge? Biggest challenge for me was understanding how to start selling my albums online. Mm -hmm. How um, I've known how to sell a physical copy, but as things are moving, times are moving, especially in times of Corona where things, people just aren't buying stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, how I overcame it, trial and error. Trial and error, associating with the right people, finding people who, this is what their bread and butter is about, you know, Facebook marketers. Um, you know, sometimes you might get a marketer, but it doesn't mean that you'll end up pulling sales. So it's continuous and ongoing, but you find something that fits you. Not everything fits everybody, you know? Um, but I would say the biggest thing I found was you turn sales quicker when people are emotionally invested in you. When you are following up, let's just say you promote something, but you are following up yourself and making sure they're okay, caring about them, giving them advice, giving them something to take away, they'll care about you and they'll be willing to invest. Right. And that's a really good point because you're like, okay, how do I sell this online? You're like, well, let me go to the people who know how to sell things online. Let's look into marketing. Let's look into people that work with entrepreneurs to sell products online. I think that's a, again, right. Uh, just like what we talked about earlier, which is there's a strong parallel between whether you're a creative artist or whether you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, you have to treat it like a business. Again, you're trying to sell albums online. Let's go to marketers. Let's see what they're doing. And so I think it's key, whether you're a creative artist or you're pursuing some sort of passion uh, more on the creative side, or if it's a business where you sell products, so there's a lot of parallels. It's important to treat yourself and really your brand as a business, uh, just like you do, Adam. And I think there's a great lesson to be had there. Uh, I'll ask you one more, which is if you could meet Adam Ali from, let's say, seven years ago when you were just getting started as an Ashid artist, if you could meet him right now and you could tell him one thing, you could only tell him one thing, what would that one thing be? That's a difficult one. I think, <laughs> Take your time to think about it if you need to. Yeah. I know that there's nothing I could say that would make me learn before my time. I just mm. know that. So the one thing I'd say is just keep doing you. Just keep doing you. Honestly, I'd say, you know, just whatever you do, whatever you do, keep doing you. Do, keep doing you, but whatever you do, just don't forget Allah. That's what I think. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, and I really love that because, again, it shows wisdom in the fact that there are failures and mistakes that you will have to face but that's what's making you who you are today and able to do what you do today you can't mature you, you just can't mature before time until you don't go through it and see what you've got you, you what's going out of your hand you know Hazrat Umar uh, used to say don't, that yeah. don't even if something's between your teeth and it's not meant for you it's not going to come to you and even if something's far it's not it's your you know but it's yours it's going to come to you and I can't really have told some a younger Adam anything because he wouldn't have listened Honestly, it it's not because I'm ignorant or anything like that. You can't know before your time. You just can't. It's just one of those that it comes with, you know, wisdom comes with sort of ups and downs of life. And I think that's a great lesson for a great lesson for parents as well, because I feel like parents will always try to instill uh, lessons in their children before they learn it themselves. But I'm sure a lot of parents have experienced. Even I'm, I've seen my friends and people around me. When an adult tries to tell a child, you know, don't do something, that child will, all, will always ask why. And until they put their hand over the fire and realize that it burns and that and, and that it's that heat is painful, they're not going to understand why they should stay away from the fire, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of times children, whatever it is, teenagers, even as you grow up, even as adults right now, we have to, no matter how much someone is 
tells us like, this is not good for you, or this is what I've learned and you shouldn't do it. Sometimes we just have to make the mistake ourselves and learn from it. And that's really the best yeah. lesson that we can take yeah. and, and the best way to grow as a person, no matter what. You know, if you asked me, if you had asked me, and I want to clarify, if you had asked me what advice would you give people, I would have given you a different answer. That's just the advice for myself. Go ahead. I know ahead. about myself. Let's hear it. Let's hear yeah. it. I, I, all right. I just wanted to clarify that to people. That's not me telling you guys, do you? That's what I would have said to younger Adam. Not, not to you guys. To you guys, you're going to work differently. Your mind's going to be different. You're not going to have those um, obstacles that I had. You're not going to have that mindset. You're going to be in a different place. Everyone's different. With you, with you guys, I would say to you, sharpen your skills, get the mental aspect ready. And to do mental aspect, it means picking up books, reading, knowing, mm -hmm. like Imam Ghazali said, knowing right, wrong, and logic. Reading, the power of reading is so strong that you basically, it's all part of the mental edge. It's all part of the mental strength. If you can mentally make yourself strong, don't touch anything for a year if you don't need to. Of course, I always say to you, you know, do something now and start little by little. Um, but first thing I'd say to you say is, even if you need a year out just to make your mind so strong that you know you're not going to quit, take that year out. But make it a year that matters. Don't make it a year that you just took a year out, you know, lazing around. Read. The second thing I'd say to you is when you've took that year out, the power of one word. Um, the power of one word is, is what the professionals in the singing industry would say, the producers to their artists would say. Because these guys used to go home and used to get so much mental block. Um, they couldn't focus and concentrate because the family's crying, something that happens sometimes. So they used to come back to the studio and they used to say, go home, write one word and come back tomorrow. Just one word. What happened? These guys go home, next day they come back with a full song. So what happened here? The reason they said one word was because that one word, 90% of the struggle is just starting something. Honest to God, 90% is the hardest thing is yeah. to start something. When you've got that one word in and you've got a creative flow, everything else flows. So the hardest thing is to discipline yourself to a point where human beings, we find discomfort in anything that we're not used to or familiar with. So if you can stick with that one word, one line, 10 minutes, in your, if you're a lawyer, 10 minutes a day planning, write pen to paper, what are you going to be doing? If you're a medical professional, you know, write down how are you going to get out there? Just write 10 minutes. That's all you have to do. No more than that. And if you're a if you're a lyricist, one word. If you're doing ibadah, just to do a lot of ibadah, just do one tasbi. One tasbi. That's what you gotta do. When that happens, you've overcome the ninety percent biggest blocker of most people. And that's what I advise people, and I'd advise myself something different if I was young. I completely agree with that, honestly. And I agree with the concept of just starting and doing the work. And I always say this, and I'm a really big advocate of it. I think we can connect on this on a on a mutual level, which is. The importance, the importance of just starting, just the act of starting in itself, it is the hardest part. But once you do, the rest comes naturally. So yes, it's sometimes you might feel like you're tired or you might feel like, you know, I'm not into it or uh, I'm, I'm facing a creative block and that's stopping me from maybe putting out some sort of content. Mm. A lot of people get stuck on content. Entrepreneurs, I think that's the biggest thing that I know is what should I put out there? What should I write in my group? What should I post on my profile? to give value to my audience. And a lot of times it's like they try to come up with the post before they even write the first word. And I think that's the wrong way to go about it. As you mentioned, I think just start, write something, don't correct yourself, don't be judgmental about it. And then as you go, you'll realize, oh wait, now I'm getting ideas, it's flowing. And then you come up with something. So 
it's just starting. The act of just starting is so important. And I just want to really put emphasis on that. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's basically what I do in terms of working with uh, artists uh, as a creative content producer. I'm working with someone else in terms of the nasheed for their for their business and sort of branding. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking for for people to work with, um, whether that's you know sort of a consultancy in terms of creative content or whatever it is. I work with a lot of different artists and different um, businesses, and that's something that if you know it's really good to to link and meet with the type of people you want to be with, you're going to get so much further. Uh, whether yeah, it's just talking or whether it's working. Yes, and that's something that I'm always actively looking at. At the minute, at the moment, even with my album, I'm working with other people to sort of give, take, in terms of a creative content uh, away and, and sort of build myself and build other people as well. That's what Completely agree. And Adam, let's now dive into some audience Q&A, inshallah, for uh, the last uh, portion of our podcast. So guys, if you have questions for Adam, now is your chance to ask him and actually get a live answer. We already have a few questions in the comments that we'll dive into, uh, but go ahead and ask us your questions if you're watching on pursuing your passion, growing a fan base, or anything else that you want to ask Adam. Let's put him on the spot and uh, see, see what we can uh, he can share with us today. Um, I'll do my best. <laughs> awesome, man. So we'll dive into. I have uh, already two here that I that we'll we'll start with, inshallah. Um, let me just go ahead and pull that up for you. So. Let's go here. We have a question from Faye and she says, I want to know how does Adam stay on track to his goal, despite of those who those people around who can't understand what you do or, um, you know, what it is that, that you're about. How do you keep your focus intact and how do you not, you know, be shaken in terms of mindset by anyone else or any outside group? Uh, honestly, there's two things. I'm not just saying it to blow, you know, sort of blow smoke, but this is, this is genuinely what I do. Yeah, go running, for it. Running. Two miles to four mile run. It's the best time for me to think, refocus, motivate myself, listen to anything that motivates you, something that doesn't take you away from Allah, of course. That's the number one thing. Number two thing is I find that you're, if you're positive in your uh, overall, if you're overall, if you're positive, what they call a positive energy, yeah. right? if you're positive, you're going to think positive. And the way to do that is I do, uh, I genuinely uh, believe in terms of spirituality, astaghfar. I do a salawat and I do salawat a lot. Um, the reason I do a salawat, I try my best always to do about at least 300 a day because I find, and I honestly find this, I'm not just trying to, I'm trying to tell you guys so you do it too. When you do salawat, the beautiful thing about salawat is anything, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa alayhi anything. I find that it makes your, it makes your tongue flow better. Mm. It, may, it actually brings light in the, in the brain. Yeah, it brings light in the brain. Your brain actually expands in thinking. It's crazy how it works. It's just amazing. And when we make mistakes as human beings, we, we make mistakes. That's actually a black aura around us or, or darknesses come as we're told. If you don't astaghfar, that kind of cleans that away. So you're free to sort of fly again. And I find myself personally, salawat, astaghfar, running. The running sets my mental state better. It makes me want to prove people sort of wrong. Make my intentions for Allah first. If he help, I think to myself, if he helps, who can stop me? Genuinely, if he helps me. And the salawat, we know that's maqbul, it's already accepted. The ibadah is, is, you know, Allah says in the Quran, in Allah wa malaikata yusalluna ala nabi, ya ayyuhaladheena amanu salu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. It's already an accepted ibadah. So, how powerful is that? Yeah, how powerful is that? You're reading that through every day, and that's how I get through that. 
That's beautiful. Great, great question, by the way. And I love that. And, and I definitely want to piggyback off this because I've recently gotten into running. Uh, we talked about it a bit on our phone call. And uh, I've only been running for the last two weeks. But man, like what awesome. the effect that it has, alhamdulillah, like on your on your mindset, on on just like removing that stress. And it could be Preach. running. And it could be any Preach. running or any form of exercise. But running for me, really, it's because we talked about it. It's running is really, you get to a point where the only thing that keeps you going to reach your destination is your mindset. Like the, the sheer That's will of it. knowing like I wanted to finish there. I wanted to do, you know, three or five kilometers or 10 kilometers and I'm not going to stop until I get that done. And that's it. And, and, and your body can't take it, but it's an, it's chance for you to, but you're doing really, it, but you're yeah, doing you, you it. put your mindset to the limit. And I think that's something special about running that I haven't experienced with any, any other sport. So you I'm also really, realize your path. You also realize your path, your set goal, yeah. how you're going to get back home or how you're going to go around that track. You realize your path in a subconscious way. This is my path. And I don't care what other people are thinking today. To, the thing about people, you care as much, you care in terms of, you care in terms of you, you, who, who support you. You do. And yeah. I'm not completely dismissing everything off, but the thing about people is one day they can say something nice to you and tomorrow they can talk bad about you. So there has to be a fine line between believing in yourself and genuinely having your support base who you love and you can take criticism from and improve from. That's, that's what I, I would add. Completely agree. Completely agree. And and that whole key of, of exercise that helps you, again, get out of your mind and into your body yeah. really helps, you know, in terms of that stress and, and just make sure you start your day on the right foot. So I want to just definitely give a shout out to that. And we have another question here from another sister, Askarini. Thank you so much for watching, sister, and for sending us your questions. I have difficulties, or I find difficulties, having a local fan base for creative or poetry writing. So creative writing. She has difficulties um, building a local fan base. She sees a niche in the international market. How, how to handle challenges when English is not your mother tongue? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I have a, a very close friend of mine. He's mm -hmm. very passionate about poetry and English is not his language and um, we had the same conversation and okay. I'd say the same thing to you number one first thing I have to say to you remember not everybody's gonna like this stuff it's nothing to do with your language and of course it helps but it's nothing to do with that not everyone's gonna like you that's the first thing coming to accept that which is fine the big is a, the world is a big place enough for everybody to have their kids second thing is in terms of, uh, of, of your, your barrier, I would advise you to listen to people like, go and get out, go out and get a book of Maulana Rumi. Start reading stuff. Whatever you're aspiring to be, I'm not trying to create you and divert you. Maybe you don't like it stuff. Just, it's yeah. just a, a suggestion. Whatever you like, find the very best in that field. Associate, well, associate with their work. Start reading every single day their work. Play it every single day, day and night. Listen to at least, listen to about an hour a day of who you are aspiring to become like. It doesn't matter whether your English is, is or it isn't. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. It's the same thing that happened with my singing and my poetry. You're going to start listening and listening and listening. And the mind is so amazing. We say that only 8% of the mind is actually used. Can you imagine where the other 92% goes? What's going to happen where every day you are conditioning yourself to listen to this person every single day? And you're basically going to start sounding like, believe me. And if you've got two or three different books that you're reading about different people, where it's Maulana Rumi, you're going to become, and it's an English translation. And he's not, it's, it's not like he's an English writer. He's not, it's English translated. So it's never going to have the same effect, but it's still beautiful. 
start reading these books and you're believe me in a year time and start writing the other things right 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 it's like a water tap i think ed sheeran said this it's like a water tap when you turn a water tap on all of the the chemical filled water comes out first that's been in the drain after a while it starts to spew pure clean water and that's the same with your creativity so keep wow, writing keep writing metaphor. keep writing yeah keep writing let the let the and i don't call your work dirt but try and understand for the sake of of, of progression let the chemical filled water come out the same with me if you heard my first album that i made a semi pro album you'll cringe believe me you'd cringe i had lyrics like i wonder the one who the, the one who to made thunder it was, it was cringing i just think oh god but i had to go through that to get to this point you know ashiran talks about the 1000 the 10000 rule it's always a one no 10 or a rule isn't it right the right 10000 rule and and he talks <laughs> about get to a point where you start mastering your craft in anything the more hours you put in if you can get through that you become an expert in anything and absolutely anything and one of the i listen to quite a lot of of, of speeches talks lectures one of the religious uh, scholars actually said if you invest 4 hours a day into something you can get an a or a degree or a phd in anything in anything 4 hours a day so i'm not talking about finding a pencil finding the sharpener oh and that doesn't count i mean sitting down and doing 4 hours a day work you're going to eventually and listen, and then on top of that reading books and listening to who you want to be like inshallah my sister you're going to be within a year or two years where you want to be regardless of these uh, obstacles regardless you're going to become the way the way you you're reading and what associated I, I love that answer. And we have one more. I can't seem to pull it up on the app, but I'll read it from uh, the comments, which is, uh, what was the one thing you did that you think helped to increase your exposure exponentially? Uh, so if you really could think back about the, really the, the thing that impacted your exposure the most or that helped you increase uh, your audience, what would that be? I would say, I would say rep- doing uh, live, live videos. Um, I know that's just one component but putting yourself out there shows events and then coming live for some reason people like live a lot more than they intrigue they like when everyone come on my facebook is it adam's live people like that for some reason right. um i mean i guess it's different for everybody you you might have a different answer there's no cemented solid answer for that one yeah um but me personally i found that people like live so much better live um, yeah a key thing is getting your website up without your website people don't know you're serious and exist they don't know how serious you are you could be like everyone else out there just passionate getting your website up is what basically decides between the one who's bound to make it into something and the one who's not so that's just the two things that I and i completely agree with that in terms of live interaction a lot of entrepreneurs business people they're scared to kind of go live and just you know go out there and and actually talk to to people and talk to your audience and take questions just like we're taking now and interact with them on a live basis where they can see like wow you know i'm asking a question and they're answering it they're right there reading my comments that has such a powerful effect versus always putting a, a pre-recorded video or just a, a piece of content because it shows that you care a little bit more it shows that you actually want to interact with your audience you want to get to know them so 100% I agree with that now in terms of you Adam thank you guys so much for the ones that asked questions if you have any more questions drop them in the comments and I'll I'll have Adam share some of his time later inshallah to go back to them uh sure, but Adam sure. how can people connect with you further how can people follow you support your work how can they become your fans and and download your mixtape where can we go for that 
Um, I'm on Facebook on Adam Ali. Um, you can go onto my website, www.adamalinasheeds.com. Okay. Um, it's got my social, it's got my social media links there as well. Um, you know, uh, the other way I've got my mixtape download that for free, by the way, guys, you know, what I do is I ask you to fill in your user uh, name and email. If you put that in, it automatically emails you my mixtape. Um, you can reach out to me on my website. If you contact me, there's a little box, uh, a messenger box at the bottom. It'll come straight. It'll probably come straight to my phone anyway. Um, so I can I can reach out to anybody who sort of, even if it's in terms of a form of a consultancy or if it's just a question that you just want, you know, whatever it is, reach out to me. I'll, I'll inshallah, I'll always get back to you, no problem. Um, that's the best I can say. Oh, awesome. So you heard it. You heard it. Make sure to go on that website. We'll drop a link to it in the comments and the description uh, of this episode, inshallah. And closing remarks, just wanted to say again, thank you to Adam Ali for sharing his time and his knowledge. Honestly, thank you, Adam. It's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. The insights that we shared, the value that we shared have been immense. Definitely one of the best episodes we've ever had. And thank you guys for watching, for sending in your questions, for participating you know how much I am grateful for that. So I love you all for the sake of Allah. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Adam, thank you so much for joining my man. We'll see you on the next episode of next week. Take care, guys. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow the podcast, and we'll see you next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.